Hello and welcome to episode four of season two of Existential. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us and please enjoy the episode. All right, so today we talk about the crazy need for proof. This is a really interesting idea and uh, it just goes to show how where we really are in, in just Western society and first world culture uh, in general, just the way we approach our own ideas, the way we approach life. Uh, so number one, just to start this off, people always need proof. This is going to be the topic we're going to be discussing. People always need proof. This is a this is a new thing. People need proof for everything. If there's no scientific proof, if there's no proof that they can see, feel, or touch, and it doesn't come from a scientific reputable source where scientists could use their senses, then it doesn't exist, or it's too hard to believe to exist, right? Or you know, if it doesn't, if you can't touch it, feel it, if if your senses cannot interact with something, then it just it falls into the you know this massive ether of things we have to believe. You know, just you know, what's the difference between you know a you know a certain Jewish people crossing the sea, um, and you know I don't know uh, Jesus walking on water, right? Like what's it like? Why should I believe one over the other, right? It just goes in this massive uh, you know crazy ether of things that we're almost demanded to believe by you know religion or anything that that doesn't that doesn't have a physical a, a physical counterparts we're supposed to believe right and this is too hard for people right so people resort to this new idea you know especially around in the 21st century where the potential to uncover proof for a lot of uh, realities is available right microscopes even i mean just uh, whatever it is all the scientific technology all the scientific instruments are, have unlocked the capability to uh, substitute scientific research and physical proof with belief, right? And this is what we're about to talk about. So people always need proof, right? Proof has proof is not the devil, of course, right? Proof backs reality. You know, proof backs up reality. You know, you don't... People think... The word proof has this, um, this energy around it, like, you know, it's always... That it's some big thing that, you know, in, in investigations, you know, police use in investigations. That's what people think of proofs, right? They think of investigations. They think of, I don't know. I mean, they think of evidence when they think of proof. But proof is actually a much calmer word. Proof is proof is just testing the water. So proof is the the structure and solidity of, of one's own reality almost, right? That's, got, well, that's how I like thinking about it. And proof backs up reality, Right. At, at, you know, at a fundamental base, proof backs up reality, and that the you know the strong, the strong, strong um, solidity and almost rockness of proof really brings uh, really brings a lot of safety and a lot of consolation to people who would instead not really be would instead kind of just kind of float in. And, and not really, not really have a base in reality. Right? A lot of people, when they struggle mentally, they how do they confirm their own reality? Is you know they they depend on they depend on parts of reality that are that are strong. Right? They go to other people who are based. Right? You know, it, tree. You, you know, there's this amazing thing where trees communicate. You know, trees uh, like actual trees communicate. Right? Their roots they they transmit water to one another. It's it's just a really interesting thing. I was reading about it not too long ago. And what's what's absolutely cool is that in order for one, they, they each tree helps each other. Each tree, just like people, help maintain each other's roots, 
right? People, when they're based, people need to be based. That's the entire reason, right? So, you know, people people need to gravitate to something sturdy, right? And something sturdy, it, you know, the sturdiness of proof. And that's really what people enjoy, right? So this, this almost addiction to needing proof sets the stage for overusing proof as a means of proving your own reality, right? Um, it, you, you have to understand here, right? That what I'm saying is not to completely omit proof or proof is the devil. I'm saying to, you know, it's almost exercise some balance, right? Because all of us have this crazy addiction to needing proof, scientific proof, um, or anything that or anything that shows us that, you know, if it doesn't exist uh, physically, it doesn't exist at all. Uh, this is what, it's not that people, it's not that people like the solidity of proof. It's that nothing exists without proof, right? Nothing exists without any proof. Without proof, it doesn't exist, right? And this, this idea, right, this entire notion is exactly counter to what belief means, right? This is what ruins belief, right? This is why you're seeing so many people turning away from religion, turning away from, from what they can't see because there's this new culture uh, that's that's spreading, you know, throughout America. That uh, any first world uh, society, or we can even associate it with 2020, right? The the culture of how people are able to completely omit the existence of something based on the fact that it's non-physical or physical, right? That's not that shouldn't be defining. Uh, that shouldn't be a defining choice, right? That shouldn't be a a defining filter, right? So this is what ruins belief. Is when you re- when you remove belief from the practices of religion, right? This is what happens, right? People, when you live in a in a culture where belief is not an exercised activity, there there you have those two carnal parts of religion. You have the action, you have the belief, right? When people don't have belief because they're influenced from the outside society, people don't people you know they they, they people sense their their outside realities and. Nobody, when there's this culture of how people don't need proof, then they don't, I mean, all you're left is with the practices, right? You know, you have to go to church on Sunday. You need to go to temple on Saturday. You have to do, you have to fast on Ramadan, you, whatever the practice may be, right? If you don't believe, it's not fun, right? It's just, it's just a stupid practice. So this is why people are constantly turning away. Because the belief brings the spirit into the, the activity, right? The, the actual practices of religion, right? Without the practices of religion, belief is great. But you have nowhere to channel the belief, right? You need one and the other, right? So when there's no belief, all the practices of religion are just kind of just, you know, boring old rituals. So this is what ruins belief. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. The solidity of proof is 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 almost addicting, as I said. It's 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 addicting because it gives us a sense of uh, it gives us a sense of, of strength, a sense of power, and a sense of of um, rootedness in in our own reality. Right. So it's it's the need to fully investigate everything. We are constantly on uh, under pressure to fully investigate every element of life, and if it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Right, and this is only being made possible by technological advancements. It's only when we have the microscope can we actually look into the you know the microcosms and the, the just the smallest parts of our reality. Without that, people would have people would need to just believe that what we discovered with a microscope existed before it actually existed, right? Well, you know, let's say the microscope can see the cell. 
without the microscope or pre-microscope, we would all need to start believing that the cell exists, meaning that without physical proof, we would have to, again, just based on belief, believe that the cell exists, right? And this was enough, right? But now that we have all these new instruments that can actually verify the realities of a lot of different things, we're able to to now rely on, we're able to rely on proof as opposed to belief, right? And this is bad for several reasons. Um, so number one, let's just dive into those. How it, it actually affects arguments. It actually de- it affects debate, right? Debate, when you, when you, people have debates, especially p- people who don't know each other, there is, there, there's a lot of research thrown out there. Oh, I read this article that the evidence they use of course, every the base of every debate is is proof, is, is evidence, but there is there are small elements of debate that that just require a sense of belief, that require a sense of trust. Like I trust you, right? I trust that you're that you're giving me the right information. I trust that even though you're giving me the research, the the general understanding, the general energy of your argument is is somewhat intact, right? That I can understand what you're saying. That there is substance around the argument except for the research right and when you and when you live in a culture where it's either black or white then uh, you know black or white proof then unfortunately people aren't able people aren't able to debate correctly people aren't able to have arguments right arguments are, are very are you know big in belief because they they require a sense they require a sense of uh, individual personal involvement, right? And without that room for belief, without that room for trust, how is one supposed to leave an argument with anything uh, substantial, right? So that's number one. Uh, number two is of how of how the how of how the the addiction for proof ruins uh, is is ruining many facets of life. Is that there are there are many many natural institutions, instinctive institutions like marriage, instinctive institutions um, like don't kill or don't steal or all these uh, big commandments. And instead of being respected, instead of these commandments being appreciated for the fact that they are just inherent in our system and this is the way we are, just looking at it as a, as a natural perspective, like hey, this is who we are, you know. We don't do this ethically. Why? Well, it's just that's how we're born, right? That's how we're coded. And for some people, that's not a very substantial answer. So, you know, of course, they need for proof. But for them, for a lot of us, it's okay. You know, it's just interesting how we have instinctive institutions and we establish them in society and in our culture. But this need for proof almost defiles it almost disrespects and defiles the natural instinctive coding. And now we have to research it. You know, and so here's a, a few examples of that, right? So scientists, there is this. Uh, here are a few ideas. Scientists don't completely understand sexual attraction. I mean, why the hell are we researching that? You know, why? Uh, yes, it's interesting. Yes, it's intriguing. But is it before or after? Will it make any difference on our actual opinion of it? Will it make any difference on the way we actually? Uh, process the way we actually view our own view it will make any inherent change absolutely not you know sexual attraction has remained the same before research and will remain so after research you know considering that there are no you know actual drugs developed 
but scientists don't completely understand sexual attraction, right? It's it's why are scientists the, the real question is why are scientists researching sexual attraction in the first place, right? This is the need for proof. This is the need for, to to analyze in, in that an instinctive institution, instinctive part of us. That's just that should be just appreciated for the natural beauty of its of its own existence, the natural beauty of our own desires and our own, um, and our own needs, right? There, you know, people look at it as dirty, but the truth of the matter is that when it's in the right way, it's you know, it's almost a beautiful thing to look at the way we we us humans instinctually act, right, instinctually behave, and there's a certain beauty to that authenticity. There's a certain natural beauty to it. And, you know, when scientists have to, you know, kind of dive in and do their research and do all kinds of different things, it's, you know, it's, it almost, it disrespects it in a way. It removes the belief, right? It removes the belief in our own instincts. That's a big thing. It removes our ability, it removes our belief in our own instincts. We are no longer... We we no longer trust our own instincts. We need scientific proof, and look, it's it's a stretch. But to you know to claim that we that this is not in any way uh, we're not in, on the pursuit for proof or pursuit of you know it's giving us something, you know that's just not true, right? There's the, there's a reason that scientists are researching this, right? It's it's this addiction for proof is that we need proof and we need proof. Next idea: Why are we going to space? Okay, so this is a, this is an odd one. I'm completely for space travel. I'm completely uh, for it. I'm in, in in every way, shape, or form. I think it's intriguing. I think it's amazing. But this is a prime example of the crazy need for proof. This is a prime example of human beings uh, exercising their addiction to needing substantial physical proof. Why are we going to space, right? There is valid, valid evidence that space isn't for us, right? That earthlings were built for Earth, that humans were built for Earth. There is no, again, there's no other, there's no other planet that's good enough for humans. And that's actually been tested. And that's a perfect example of where research should stop. Perfect. Great. There's no other planet better suited for humans than Earth. End of story, right? Why are we going to space? Who knows, right? But like, why? That it's this overemphasized need for proof. I apologize if the, if the argument is a little bit flaky, but the the truth of the matter is that we're going to space in many ways. That you know, one of the lead motivations is that there's this crazy need for substantial proof. For you know, the more we research out, the more the tree grows. The belief is that the more the tree grows, the stronger its roots will be, right? But the tree is growing the wrong way, right? Where why are we going to space? Why are we researching this? Why are we, the leaves are and the tree is growing in the wrong way, right? Yes, it's strengthening the roots of of, of human knowledge. It's strengthening the uh, it's expanding the the limits and the scope of of human reality. But why, right? It just the tree's growing in the wrong way. Next, research the quote, right? Big, it's always tossed, research certified it, right? This has been a certified study or certified report. And again, just like space, I'm not obviously against it at all. But the fact that people cite 
the the uh, certification of research on a specific field uh, as opposed to actually just simply believing or as a substitute for belief is is it's just quite crazy. And I'm not talking about scientific studies. I'm not talking about, you know, but I'm just talking in general. When people say research certified it, it's just an extension of the fact that people constantly need uh, researchers or uh, scientific bodies to certify a reality in order for it to be true, right? There is no room for belief. It's completely lost. Next. This new standard of needing proof is standardized in people. This is not some crazy evolutionary change that's going to take place. Absolutely not. This is a rapid, easy social change. This is a change. This is a this is a generational thing. This is a generational social practice. Um, how people, how because technology, and by the way, technology is only growing, right? Technology, as a, because technology is allowing us to pursue new types and fresh types of, of research, it just uh, opens the barrier in in an even bigger way, in an even more, in an even grander way, for looking at proof as an alternative to belief, right? Why believe when you can do the research? Why believe when you can do the proof, right? So th- there's this uselessness that's given to to belief, which is associated many times with religion, right? So again, rapid, rapid, easy social change. By the next gen- by the next generation, guarantee, guarantee, this crazy need for proof will be three times as rampant, would be three times as crazy, would be three times as as inflated, simply because the evolutionary change doesn't exist. It's just a generational change. It's a generational social change. This this idea of this crazy need for proof, how it, how if it's if there is no proof for it, it, it simply doesn't exist. Will be standardized in people in the coming generation, without a, without a doubt. So once again, how do we approach this, and how do we approach the solution? To conclude, the proof belief balance is an odd one. It, it truly is. Um, just to cite a particular demographic here, which is. Uh, which is important. Religious people usually predicate everything on belief. Once again, religious people usually predicate and base everything on or off relief, uh, belief. When proof does not work, right? It's it. Religious people again. Religious people usually predicate everything on belief. Does that mean religious people don't need proof or don't want proof? Yes and no. Exactly, right? Religious people do not need proof. Religious people can want proof. They don't need proof, right? Because, again, what holds them to the reality is belief, right? What holds, what keeps the roots firm, what keeps the roots grounded, as we were talking about earlier, is not proof. Even though proof may seem strong, those who need physical proof to confirm their realities are very physical people. They need the materialism in order to confirm the reality exists. R- religious people, on the other end, base everything or base the reality on belief, right? The, the tree and the roots of the tree stay firm because it's all based on belief, right? So once again, we want belief. The approach is we want belief. Uh, I'm sorry, we want proof. Proof is good. 
But when proof does not work, or when proof cannot be obtained, you have belief to fall back on. Right? You have belief to fall back on. And there's a certain... And, and again, belief brings a lot to the table. Because as opposed to proof, proof says it only exists if we find it. Belief says it only it always exists. It's just a matter of finding it. Right? And this belief brings a level of open-mindedness uh, in addiction to proof cannot. That's another point, right? So instead of the instead of almost embodying the darkness of non-existence with uh, with proof, right? When people don't have proof, oh, I want this to exist. I dream, it, but hey, there's no proof for it. There's a certain darkness of of the fact that it doesn't exist, right? People stop dreaming because there is no proof. Right, but it's supposed to belief. It's just a matter of finding the proof. But it doesn't mean, excuse me, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right. So that's really the, I think the the general idea of this addiction for proof. This addiction to proof, and um, it sets the stage again. This need for proof, this need to back up realities with proof, sets the stage for overusing proof in crazy amounts. Right. And that's the, and I think that's the general idea. And uh, so with that, we are going to close. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. You know, all our support helps. Be sure to share this podcast with all your friends and family. And be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of Existential.